Hello and welcome to Nobody Meets Somebody, the podcast where two comedians who are currently nobody meet somebody who is famous. My name is Mary Picarazzi. And I'm Tanvir Arora. In today's episode, we got to talk with J.R. De Guzman. He is a West Coast comic who blends comedy and music into a fantastic show. He's entertained people all over the world, from the Edmonton Comedy Festival to Stand Up Tokyo. You can catch him on the Netflix show, The Comedy Lineup, and on the Coming to the Stage Season 2 on Hulu. I watched all of his videos the past couple of weeks. And I am such a fan now. Like, I want more. I want, I want him to post more stuff, you know? Like, because I'm super excited about this interview. Super this is excited. good. Yeah. Then let's, then let's get started. Let's talk right. to JR. Yeah. Hi, JR. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Nice. We're so excited to have you here on the show. Uh, this will be coming out early 2021. So you'll be one of our first new shows. It's exciting. Ooh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully the world won't be uh, won't be so shut down. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the world will still be here. I think it will be. Uh, let's, let's not talk too soon. Ninety-eight percent positive, you know. Okay, and you're in California. If you're that positive out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get, I'll go with I'll give <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, and you guys, you guys are in Texas. You're saying yeah, we're in yeah. Texas. How, well, how is it out there? It's um, pretty cool. It, everything's open. COVID didn't hit Texas, it feels like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't tour, like on the tour list. It was like, nah, we're good. We're good. Nah. Well, like if, if you're looking at like the top three states you could still tour during COVID, it was Texas, Georgia, <laughs> and I think, what was the other one? Or Florida. Like always, we're going to ask some super awesome questions. I have my magic sparkly red hat because we're high budget. Tamir, what you got? My pirate <laughs> Oh, yes. Still pirate. hoping on that sponsor. They yeah, will. Get pirate sponsorship. We will. We'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna start with the first question Ooh, how did you meet kevin hart oh well that's actually so i got an email one day from a random email i didn't recognize and it was like one of those like at some like something.net you know where okay. automatically i was like this is this spam is yeah this is, this is spam like some like random third world country, like guy behind the computer, like I'm going to get this guy. <laughs> and, uh, and it was probably one of my uncles when I look back at it, but <laughs> I got this email and it said like, Hey, do you want to be on a TV show? And that's even more like, this is <laughs> yeah. yeah, like hundred percent just said, do you want to be on a TV show? No other info. Like, cool. <laughs> thanks. And obviously like, even though it looks like a big scam, like I wanted to be on TV at the time. <laughs> I'm like, this is fake. Yes, please. And then, um, so I said yes. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, and I had no representation or anything. I was just a guy doing stand up and in Sacramento, and uh, so it was pretty random. And then I responded. I was like, yeah, you know, um, what's the info? And then there was, they were saying that they're taping a show for Comedy Central in sacramento like it was literally like in two weeks or something or i think maybe it was like later that week it was it was so fast and uh and they said can you submit like another clip of your material that you, that you would do I was like, okay so i submitted an eight minute clip and then i got in and then they told me what it was They're like yeah it's kevin hart heart of the city um you would do like a seven minute set on monday i think it was like at this point it was friday like you do oh, on monday geez. yeah it was it was pretty insane and then um and that that was basically it then i met kevin hart we did the shoot like that day um we literally like talked for 
like 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> so what it was is they, he would interview all three of the comics together in this barbershop in Sacramento called Touch of Class. Mm-hmm. It's a barbershop slash kitchen slash bar slash events venue. And uh, nice. that's where they filmed everything. And yeah, he was a cool guy, man. He was really nice. He was very like, um, w- like had a very like mentor vibe for new comics. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to give you the time of day. So you could that's tell so he, nice. he really wanted to do the show for us, you know, to like give us a platform, which was, which was cool. I think that's good and bad, good and bad that it was on Monday, right? Because then it's like, you want more time to prepare, but then the nerves, I wonder like if that would have mm-hmm. been later, would that have been more, would that have been worse? I mean, yeah, like in hindsight, it's great. Like at the time, I don't, I don't even, you know, I wouldn't have known. It was my first like big actual TV thing ever. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe I didn't even have time to like get nervous and realize yeah, like, yeah. I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever, like, like my imposter syndrome didn't have time to kick in. That's awesome. That's good. I think you're still thinking about this. It's still a scam. They got a Kevin Kevin Hart lookalike. That's great. <laughs> How good so would that be? Yeah, exactly. That's fun. Yeah. Before, before I get into the next question, uh, I actually made, made a note right now um, to check my spam folder. Like, I've got none of those, man. That's, that's where the, they, yeah, the, the real industry stuff comes in through your spam folder. The dot net accounts. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds so fake. Hey, this is uh, Mr. Comedy Central and like, <laughs> this really unprofessional emails. Those are the real ones. Okay. Nice. Oh, so that's the ones we got to look out for. Check. Oh, I love this question. And I ask my buddies all the time. Would you quit comedy? Would you quit performing for twenty million dollars? Oh man! Like like never do a set ever again. Never do a set ever again. Twenty million dollars. Man, you know what? Like the inspirational, like it was gonna go on those on YouTube. This channel called Above Average. They have these motivational speech. It's like it's not about the money, man. But uh, (laughs) I just moved in this new apartment and I got to pay my rent. So I'm like, yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. I can do do something with 20 million. Because also like, how would they know? You know, I'll tell you, I'll find a way to tell (laughs) you. Because that didn't say you couldn't be a writer for another comic. That's true. Then the, see, you guys are all about the legal stipulations. Like you're going to have the $20 million thing. They'll give it to you, but then they'll have you read into the camera. You understand (laughs) that you can't write for other comedy shows, right? Damn it. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'd be interested to hear your guys' answers to that. I'm so, I'm so curious. I'm Um, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. I take it. I'll take it. I I wish I could say I wouldn't, but. I hate working like really badly. So, yeah. and I'm, I'm 38 and I've been working a lot longer uh, than yeah. 10 years. So I don't want to do this shit anymore. And mm-hmm. I know retirement is going to suck. So I'd rather have the 20 million to blow. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's like the instinct, the right away is just, yes. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and then you start, then later you figure out the other stuff but yeah if i have a million dollars already yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot not to perform not to write yeah but yeah i'll have to find something to keep my mind off comedy yeah Yeah. i feel like i can find something to do yeah yeah with 20 million dollars you'll find something oh yeah yeah, definitely (laughs) i'll think about it when i'm on my yacht and then i'll be like oh wow laugh while you're sitting on your yacht and there's like you just laugh every like 30 seconds I feel like I'm really hitting my groove here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually more than laughs than I would usually get in my set. So this is great. Okay. Yeah, you and me both. You and me both. Uh, ooh, what's the worst advice you have ever received? 
Um, any life or a stand up? Either, either, or people love to give advice whether you ask for it or not. So that is true. Oh man, it's so hard because anytime someone's telling me bad advice, I go into like my I'm just like listening mode, but I'm not listening. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, man, what was something I? Well, okay, this is something I remember in the very beginning of stand up that like maybe more of my own pain, right? So I remembered it. Like, it was like, this this hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, somebody told me, it was like one of my first open mics, like, hey, man, you're a good comic. Like, you're really funny, but you've got to lose the guitar and then you'll make it. And it was interesting because I think there's just a big, like, a lot of hate on, like, musical comedy, which I understand because there's a lot of bad, like, musical comedy out there. So I think uh, that was something that stuck with me because I think if I stopped that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I don't know. Maybe I, I still could have, but it was just, it, you know, the music thing I did is a pretty unique thing for right. for me, for what I do. Um, so that was some advice that I think I'm glad I didn't take. That's cool. That's I, actually, I had a follow-up, right? Yeah, I had a question about the guitar. Has has it ever been a curse? Like, have, have you ever felt, man, I shouldn't have got the guitar on stage or something? Yeah, I mean, the realistic, like, practical thing of that, I mean, maybe this is, like, my, my optimism, but I think it's been good because the parts that I that were harder for me, the routes that I couldn't go, it just forced me to have a very specific path because, like, it was hard to host at some clubs in the early on stages. Fair enough, yeah. And then once I knew that, I was like, well, then I got to write 30 minutes so I can come in as a feature at some spots. Right, right. And, yeah. that, like, looking back, that's pretty amazing. But at the time, I was like, I was like, man, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, sort of like it's all you had to do, and you just did it. Like, there was no hindrance in your head. Like, oh, I shouldn't be able to do this. So that's that. That speaks volumes to your talent there. Oh, right. thanks. I see you guys. It's like we when, had when that thing think- earlier too. We did stipulations. We had to accept everything I say. You, guys <laughs> do. Like, you understand? If I'm doing this podcast. You have to compliment after everything. I say. <laughs> At the end yeah. of this, you could receive twenty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why they asked. That's why you guys asked in the beginning. It's like, yes. like, would you? This we're actually just getting on here to quit comedy. So <laughs> we're, just trying, we're trying to thin the crowd out for our potential break. Yeah, you, know? you yeah, guys didn't know I would have done it for ten ten thousand dollars. So <laughs> <laughs> you've got a good budget on going. All right, you look, you look at a cup. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Pyrex sponsorship. Good, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Oh, I didn't plan this, but it just happened. Um, the best advice you have ever received, maybe for stand up. Yeah, okay, so I'll do for stand up then. Um, yeah. the best advice, I don't remember. This is the first thing that came to my mind, and I was thinking about it today. Was like, I mean, one, you got to be true to you no matter what, because it's like you, you pull stuff from different comics as far when you're starting out, like, oh, I like this guy, how do yeah, I write jokes yeah. like this or that style? But it's like being 100% you, and then let's say. That's like craft wise, mm-hmm. like finding your own voice is such a huge thing because that automatically makes you stand out. There's no one that is you. Right. And right. and every meeting that I've ever gone to, like that's something that they've looked for is like your voice and your perspective. Like right. and then the second thing was like kind of like in then when you're thinking the business wise mm-hmm. and was like filling the void. So not not in my emotional black soul, but <laughs> <laughs> like, which is that's why I do comedy. But like in when you look in the market of like, let's say you're pitching a show or you're like pitching your own special or it's like what is not there Got and it. then and then filling yeah. that neighborhood in with that. Cause like 
you know, all three of us have something that no one has done yet, you know, like looking at us as comics and, and I think, but there's, because of that, there's a big demand. And if you're the first or you're the person who does that best, it's like, there's your, there's your career. So I'd say be true to you and then fill that, fill that void of what's not out there yet. I want, I want to take that question, though, like for your family. So you come from a family of dentists. Mm-hmm. Nice. And people, people who wow. marry into the family are dentists. So what was the advice when you're like, mom, dad, yo, I'm going to be a comedian? <laughs> are, they, are they like, have you tried dentistry? <laughs> like, no, they probably just bro- uh, broke his, all his teeth and then like, yeah, come in then. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be here. You'll be back. You'll, be you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll need us. <laughs> well, uh, what, what did I do, man? I'm not the best to talk about it because I kind of <laughs> lied to them Ooh. when, when I graduated, right? I knew, oh shit, it's game time. Like they're going to need me to, to be an adult or like whatever. And I said, Hey man, I would love to, uh, go into dentistry or whatever. So like I, but I just need like a little bit of time to, understand the practice and all that stuff. I was basically trying to buy my time as long as possible to do stand up mm-hmm. until they were going to like say, okay, now you have to go to like dental school or something because both my brothers moved to the Philippines for dental school. And I was like the last one left. I was still at home living with my parents and um, which gives them a lot of the power. <laughs> like, so I kind of like bought my time as long as possible and I was still doing stand up, and it's like, I think they're supportive as long as they know that you can fend for yourself, you know, right. like, and they just weren't sure that I could do that with stand up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very Asian household thing. Right? Oh, I was going to yeah. say, and I was like, let me just give this for everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you feel it too. And but yeah. it's a hundred percent very like Asian household. Thing. Right. Yeah. Immigrant household. So like, I'm, so I'm Mexican American, right? So my family with Mexican households, you either have the super supportive family or the, how could you family, you know? So mm-hmm. it's the, yeah. you don't convert you're dead to me type of person. Like, so there's this whole <laughs> drastic novella type of reaction to that. So I, don't, I'm like, I think that comes from, sorry to interrupt you there. I was like, <laughs> it kind of comes from like, I think of it as when they talk to their like, you know, sisters or like their gossip tribe, they want to be able to have some good shit from you. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, what are they, what's your kid up to? And then, if their friend says like, oh, you know, he's a doctor now and they don't have shit to bring up, like to back that up, you know, they're like, give me something good, Mary, you know? <laughs> but that's funny. You see, your parents are probably honest. So like on my family, my, but if I tell my grandmother, I got a job at Chick-fil-A, by the time mm. it hits central Mexico, I am running Chick-fil-A. Yeah, like, yeah. I own the corporation. <laughs> like the embellishments are yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, she's so, just working on new, like new ingredients and stuff right now. She's real, real smart, real genius. Like she came in for a job and they were like, "You need to be our boss." Like what? Like that doesn't happen, yeah. Grandma. But that's, that's but those true. are the type of stories. Like everything goes to that embellishment because that's the same thing. They want to always have the. It's always the. I want to have the better grandchild. <laughs> yeah, it's really like you're the like the betting horse that they're they're betting on. Yes. I should not have bet on me to begin with, but yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. This is a fun one. What three things would you bring to a deserted island? Nice. Oh, yes. Um, I've gotten this question a lot on like dates, you know. Or, like, <laughs> or, 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 are you like, trying to find, find yourself are we one? Dating? Wait, are we dating? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. What's that? Yeah, this is a date. This is a three-way date right now. It's going pretty well. We've talked a lot about like how much 
money is involved. So it's, it's very close to prostitution. Uh, but <laughs> we're, we're bordering on some legal issues here. Borderline. I'm, I'm still on a visa, guys. I'm still on a visa. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the three things, man, it's like, okay, the three topics that I need to cover for myself is definitely music. Like I have, it's weird that that's the first thing as an artist. I'm like, I don't care about eating. I just want to be creatively fulfilled. Well, we, we presume the whole, you have a tent, you have food, your family's okay. there, blah, blah, blah. All the heartfelt gotcha. nonsense. Okay. But what's the fun things you want? Yeah, a guitar. Can I bring a person? Just like a lady friend, you know? A you lady friend? Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're not alone. Are you one out at the moment? Or like, do you have somebody in the- <laughs> <laughs> Let me go through my list. And You're like, like, my Rolodex. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, you're too young for Rolodex. Oh, what, my iPhone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then that would be so rude. It's like you bring them there and then like, oh, cool, cool. It's like, oh, by the way, we're stuck here. Like, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah. The best worst long date ever. <laughs> <laughs> like if I could bring people, it would be like a chef, like a, a oh. you know, a partner. Oh, that's like interesting. A, 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 like a, a partner. A, I mean, like a a business and figure out like, let's go and invest in some real estate here. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a, like a, a girl, a chef and a guitar. And a guitar. <laughs> there you go. And a guitar. <laughs> Yeah. Why did Why did you have the girl be the chef, and then you would have had a third option? Oh man, see. Come on, kid. You're not even trying. No, I'm not even. Come trying. on. I'm not even so, trying to get stranded on an island. So far on the podcast, we talked about prostitution and kidnapping. That's great. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. This is great. All right. Hard up. So. Uh, this one's my favorite. Um, have you ever been jealous of some someone, and why? Either in stand up or just in life. Wow, that's a good one. Have you read The Artist's Way? Have you guys heard of that book? <laughs> nope. It's uh, uh, um, well, it's so funny to ask somebody a thing and then they haven't read it and then just go into it anyways. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you remember that part? I, actually, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's a part in that book. It's like about creativity, about when you feel jealous. It's usually like a, a sign for you of like something that's that you need to do in your own life. So I, yeah. I like that question. Like career wise. Of course, you know, as an artist, you like, I like somebody pitches a show, it sells, and it's a huge success. Yeah. I, I had that happen while I was pitching a show, and it, uh-huh. did, and it didn't go, and and then all my friends who aren't comics are texting me about this other my friend show. Yes, and yes. again, I'm, I'm, I am happy for him. I am really happy. Like it's, that's a serious thing. I'm not saying that as like a Hollywood right. thing. Like I'm super happy. And I didn't watch it for a while because I was just like my own like heartbreak for my stuff was just would come up too much. But everyone was texting me like, dude, you got to watch the show. Have you heard of it? It's so good. And um, I finally did watch it during the pandemic. And it's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. And so this is where what came around from that. I realized like the positive was if I get rid of my own jealousy, my own ego, it's like he made such a good show. I got to see what's possible. Like I know this guy and right. I've seen, he's just a normal person. It's not like I met him and I was like, this guy is a creative genius and he just grind. It's just, you know, he just did yeah. the work and did an honest show and it was amazing. So that helped me see like, okay, it's possible. And then in high school, I was such a dumb teenager. I would get so <laughs> jealous of like my girlfriends. I was like, whatever the stereotype is supposed to be like reverse. I think girls are supposed to be jealous or something. And I was 2020. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled, but like I was that, like the guy version of that in high school. I've known guys like that. Oh, I've known guys like that. It was bad. I wish you could go back and be like, "Yo, chill out, bro. You're making me look bad." 
<laughs> but those are things you, you just learn over time. Those are like the lessons you have to learn. And it's better to learn at that time than learn it, you know, later on, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to be married and be like, yeah, who'd you carpool yeah. with? Like, that's, yeah. You had coffee with who? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at you and I don't like the way he's doing it, like across the street or something. But you brought up a good point about your watching your friend show. You couldn't watch it, um, which is actually I would probably take that as a positive because the fact that you couldn't watch it and chose not to watch it until you were in a state to where you could enjoy it. Had you watched it in a negative state, it would have stained everything you were watching, you know? Yeah. So waiting until you were in a place where you could accept it made you open to the possibility that, okay, I can perceive whether this is a good show or whether it's crap. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of an interesting point right there. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it is like a boundary thing. You know, you got to kind of know what you're ready for or, or you know, kind of know yourself because I think I think you're right. There is a stage where you can put yourself and you're not ready to do that stuff. And then there's times where you can be in a good space to like support people. So, right. Yeah. Do you want to plug that show or? Oh, it's so good. I mean, I don't want to say it now because I don't want I don't want them to know like, dude, you didn't watch it for that long. <laughs> so, no, no. And it's a great show. I don't know how many friends you have that are are, are pitching shows and are, are popular, but uh, presuming it's a lot because if you know, it could be multiple people, huh? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, it's I'm, such a great show. Like, I wish I didn't say all those things because, like, I would love to plug it, but <laughs> we could stop the recording for just for a second and you can back at the name. All right, uh, Mary, stop the recording. Well, right, you know what? I'll say this. Okay, so I'll say I'll clear up some stuff about it. Is like. What, what it was is I had done a festival and a few shows with this guy and I was, I just thought he was great. And I think it was my own, like my own insecurities of thinking, like right. I was in, I was in, I was in new faces where just for laughs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends, like who I did that with, like we were all going at the same pace. And my own insecurity was like, if I don't get these same things that they're getting, like right. I'm the one that failed in this, yeah. in this momentum, like it's some kind of race, you know, which yeah, is right. like, definitely an, an illness in the way that we think about like our craft and yeah. that's kind of, I mean, but all at the same time, kind of a normal thing to go through. Totally. Yeah. So I think like it totally has nothing to do with them. It's like all me. And then as I just said this right now, I'm like, actually I, that didn't clear up anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just made it muddier, but I was going to let you go. Later, <laughs> yeah. 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 Great show. Yeah. Everyone just watch every show and just try to think. <laughs> It's gonna become like this internet mystery of who who is Jr's friend. Yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's the show. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, but I forget. But he was my friend. <laughs> um. That's funny. Uh, well, we're just gonna move right along past that. Uh, okay. So, if you couldn't do comedy or music, what would you be doing? Um, man, if I couldn't do yeah, comedy or music, no. No, <laughs> I would probably yeah, like how quick I said that. Your I'd parents probably, are breaking over here. Pra hear like practicality-wise, I probably would because that's the deepest connection that I have. It's just my own mom, but um, because my mom is a dentist too. My mom's mm -hmm. the dentist. My dad's the office manager. Both my brothers are dentists, and their wives are dentists. Wow. Um, but I would probably like shit. That's a hard one. I feel like so you get like massive discounts, huh? Oh, I've, yeah, I don't need dental insurance. It's pretty great. Like, I just show up. Like, they call, they call me, too, and I, I treat them worse than they treat me. <laughs> like, you know, when they call me to come in, and I'm like, can you guys stop calling me? Like, I'll come in when I come in. And and now, like, to the point where I don't even know how to go to a dentist, like a regular person. Like, you're yeah. supposed to, like, you know, set it up. And, yeah, I just show up. Like, are you guys free today? Like, it's a – I'm like a fuck with dentistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you up? You up right now? 
Oh, Jesus. Um, that is nice. I would probably do, I don't, man, that's so tough. I would like probably teach, I want to say. Like, I used to teach kids' music and theater and also work with like kids with autism and stuff. And it was just like, I would just, that's the one where I would just go home and feel really fulfilled when I went home. But okay. I wasn't that's making good. a lot of money, but I was fulfilled. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tell me your worst heckler experience. Okay, this is a good sh- little sh- quick one. Uh, somebody th- was throwing ice cubes at me. Oh, okay. show. Yeah. And it was at, a, I should have known because it was at a show that was like a bowling alley slash salsa club slash like casino. And it's like, a lot of flashes in these places in California. Right. <laughs> yeah, this was like, I think it was in Oregon or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They have like a lot of uh, businesses that have an identity crisis. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You tell me what I am. Yeah. <laughs> Show up. Tell me what you like to do, and, and we'll do that. Yeah. Right. So they're just throwing ice cubes at you. Like, was it during a certain song or just, like, just the whole show? And did you it even was, address it? Yeah, I addressed it, and then I just got off stage because I was the feature. I was, like, the middle. Mm-hmm. And that was the hard part was I think I was at, like, 20 minutes. I was supposed to do 25. And I just didn't know how to recover after that. And so what happened was they threw ice cubes at me. And no one is listening. But by the way, there's like no one there. So it's like me talking to one guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's like I've lost the crowd. I was, you know. And, uh, it's cute to call it the crowd, though. Yeah, the crowd. I should call him the crowd. Maybe that's what offended him. He was like, just call me by my name. You've asked me my name. Man, this crowd is rough. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I like was like, hey, is there like security and all the security or whoever, like the bartender was there. Nobody did anything. And so I just like, all right, well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off. And I just got off. Like I did not know what to do. It would have been yeah. funny if that guy, if you, when he called for security, that guy would just stand up and like, it's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> security. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, okay, shit. He's like, I was, trying, I was trying to throw myself out all night. I just need someone to prompt it, so we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to. I would like to leave. So I would like to leave. Yeah, that's so. That means so the so the headliner only performed to that one guy, or did that guy stay? Or so uh, this was I was doing these. Oh, man, I was doing these runs called triple runs, mm-hmm. which are like notorious in the Pacific Northwest. Even the tri- the guy triple who runs them. Had, like said in an advertisement, like there's these kind of grind things for comics. And uh, so it was like this room where they were, could kind of walk in and out of in the casino. There's better uh, ones that are set up like a show. Okay. But this, it's like someone, let's say someone wants to take a break from gambling and doing whatever they're doing. And it's like old, you know, old, old Vegas. Old Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just go into the lounge. Like they need some entertainment for like 20 minutes. And right. yeah, people would just do that and walk in and out. So I don't remember. I think for him, he had like more people. Maybe like four people maybe so whoa yeah that was man that was like that was when you romanticize like road life in the beginning of uh, that was like the epitome of it like i slept in my car <laughs> between gigs when wow. I, did, I would have a hotel on thursday next show is on like sunday or something and so friday saturday i would <clears throat> like sleep in my car or find another comic was there any point in that road life kind of grind that you're like you know dentistry sounding really good right now never that's the great thing. Is like I was. That's amazing. I was loving yeah. it. I was loving it. I was young, dumb, you know, all that stuff. That's good. I'm just, I'm just stuck on this dentistry thing. I don't know why. I'm just, oh, I'm fine. like, 
I feel like Hermie, you know, the old uh, Santa Claus thing where he was, just wants to be a dentist, but he's an elf, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just got stuck on that. I watched that the other night, so it's been stuck yeah. in my head. What, 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 what movie is that? It was a Santa Claus. It's an old claymation Santa Claus. Oh, that do. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to be a dentist. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the reverse of that. Yeah, you're like, I just want to be an elf. Just I want to be an elf. elf. <laughs> Life is better. Yeah. Uh, what about the worst gig you've ever done? Hmm. It's like any gig where they're not there for the show. It's because like as a comic, that yeah. that sometimes there used to be a thing was like, oh, that's gonna make you better. At a certain point in your career, like that doesn't make you better. It's like <laughs> you're getting used to trying to like, I don't know, like convince an audience to listen to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, um, is, is there a point though where you started having some kind of traction, and then you just had a disappointing a, a gig where you're just like, "What the hell?" Like, I was like, "I'm going somewhere," and then you just kind of felt like you kind of mm. one step forward, two steps back. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just like I think that's just normal because you'll always kind of do a variety of you know, well, it's, unless you're past like you're just a household name kind of draw, which I mm-hmm. you know I accept yeah. that I'm not there right now, and like, but for the most part, like you'll do, I'll still do like corporate gigs or like birthday right. gigs like that that aren't you know i'll st- i'll do them it's great but it's definitely not the reason why i'm doing this kind of right yeah. Yeah. and uh some of those can be hard just depending on like the setup let's say they didn't know how to set up a show i've, right. I've gone to shows before like i've done some colleges where they didn't have a mic and i just <laughs> didn't power, just like shouting at people <laughs> And it does like it does make you better in some ways. I I do agree with that because it's like I had to really adjust and like learn how right. to work like that. But you know, I love a mic. Yeah. I mean, you can't really uh-huh. beat a guy throwing ice cubes at you. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like that one was that was a better example. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're Filipino, Filipino American, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so have you ever felt the pressure to only talk about Filipino issues or being Filipino? Like especially in your initial years of stand-up, like when I started, I just wanted to write regular stuff, right? Just going to Whole Foods, shopping there. But some part of me, especially maybe in Texas, was like, oh, I got to address the turban. I have to address the, the beard. Mm. Did you feel that pressure of being, addressing your race? 100% relatable because like, like the example you gave, in the beginning, when I just want to talk about random topics, like yeah. I really liked Zach Galifianakis, Dimitri Martin, like right. one-liner with music type stuff. Right. So I was like kind of trying that out and it, it ended up like kind of working for me. But I noticed when I would call out my appearance or being Asian or yeah. Filipino or something, that's when like it, it almost put the crowd at ease right. like, to get something out of the way. Right. You know, they're like, when is he going to tell us what kind of Asian he is because this right. is really bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, like when you're talking about, yeah, exactly. It's a weird thing like to just, um, I almost like had to get really, really acquainted with what is other people's perception of me early right. on in the beginning. And, and, and that, which was good because it's kind of a better understanding of that helped my writing. But because in the beginning you just write about everything and, True. and, when stuff doesn't work, you have to figure out why. And, and that was one of the reasons for sure. Right. right. But did you ever get those questions of like, why aren't you more like Joe Coy? Why don't you talk <laughs> about how to make rice? Or I mean, the, cause that, that's what we get down here. Like in Texas, it's like, you're uh-huh. the Mexican comic or you need to talk about yeah. Mexican things only. So it's just, especially, and then they start comparing you to people. Cool. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, I mean, I still have a lot of the comparisons, but so when I was starting out, I was lucky that in Sacramento, what, what city are you guys in for the scene? San Antonio. San Antonio. Um, I would say Sacramento is kind of similar to what I experienced when I was in Dallas. Like okay. it felt like they had a lot of different rooms, like from the kind of more club room, like mm -hmm. an A club room that like the big handlers come in to like, like maybe more B or C rooms that are a little bit more like, it feels like you're on the road and more mm -hmm. grindy kind of. Right. And then we also, but then we also had like the alt indie, almost like UCB, yeah. like they do improv their rooms and, right. um, and then a ton of like bar and coffee shop shows. So we were, I felt like this experience where there was a room I knew would want to hear about the race stuff, mm -hmm. like, like, and then it would crush. And then there was another room that's like, if I did that, they would be like, it's like other comics that would call you a hack type of thing. True. Yeah. So we found it, I liked that because there was kind of this balance where you kind of could like have a diversified set um, and see if your stuff works in every room. But, uh, but to answer that, yes. <laughs> Long way around of like, yeah. people still um, will bring up Joe Coy a lot now. And, I, and it's fine because I do love Joe Coy and I love that style of comedy um and he's he does a lot of stuff for filipino comics but uh but yeah, yeah they'll still bring it up for sure yeah all right what's your favorite city to perform in Ooh. hmm i like sacramento i like it here <laughs> yeah that's why i'm okay. i'm back here yeah <laughs> but okay, what uh, about outside of california <laughs> okay okay um i you know, when I brought up Dallas, I did have a really good fun time in Dallas. Um, were you at Hyenas or where were you at the improv? Or? Is it, Hyenas is a club, and for some reason I picture like the color of purple. Is it in there? Not like the, the movie. <laughs> 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 I have a very like vibe of the color purple type of theme. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, and there was also a room. Uh, what's that one that oh, – what's her name? She's like um, – she runs like backdoor comedy something. Yeah, it's called the backdoor comedy. Backdoor, yeah. Yeah. That room yeah. is fun too. Yeah. Too. Um, and yeah. I think you have to be clean, right? Yes. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That was one of my fun most like most fun rooms to practice clean new stuff. And right. like, I felt like the crowd was down. Nice. Um, any of the don't tell comedy shows, they're like their cities are all over the country. Uh, uh their shows are in cities all over the country. But um, I like like a hip room that is like uh okay with you going edgy you know okay. like super sensitive and i feel like you guys have that in texas like we have yeah. a lot of places yeah depending on depending on where edgy you want to go houston's good for that austin's sudden is starting to become that now yeah <laughs> is it, it about works. like it's not because you know when you feel it and it feels like too much like okay there's a little bit we're kind of setting our, our generation back and then and there's the other opposite end of that. It's like too much PC. Like I, I kind of like the middle ground of like, yeah. hey, you understand this is a joke, but like I'm not trying to like purposefully yeah. offend people. Yeah, and that's what, that's what like one of the cool things I like about Texas is that because it's just so big that there's so many there's so much variety. I think right. San Antonio is very much a middle ground type of place. Um, sometimes Austin you get overly PC. Houston mm -hmm. can go wild. I mean, but it all just depends on who you're with and the crowd you're with because it varies, right? Like, but most of the time, people if they're out for, especially during a pandemic, if they're out, they yeah. want to see comedy. they want to see good comedy and not hack. Yeah, you know? and so then they'll let you know. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, that's cool. I love that, like that description for the Texas kind of scene and stuff in the cities and everything. Like, 
have you is there a big change happening right now with like you know joe rogan and all these comics are moving to austin specifically right and then it's like and then was there also that kind of change in that style of comedy even before that let's say it it, it just had started and i think that kind of added to it mm-hmm. uh, now being the pandemic there's not much going on in austin and one of the main, main clubs closed down right um so yeah. but um, uh, cap city City, yeah. City, yeah. City, yeah, but yeah, with Joe Rogan and Chappelle showing there so often, I think yeah, it's it's gonna change. Uh, yeah. like a pendul- I think it's like a pendulum swing, like a, a scene right. can get get one way, and then it was already starting to swing back, and then when Rogan moved, and now you have potential LA comics either visiting mm-hmm. um, or showing up more often or moving to um, mm-hmm. between here and Nashville, like you're gonna see those two areas really explode because yeah. that's where people are moving. And now that's what I wonder what that means for comedy because you know I'm in Sacramento right now and I um I have like a I have like a short lease in case I need to move back to LA when things are kind of open again. Right. Yeah. But it's we're in a time where people can do stand up in scenes outside of LA and New York. Yep. And I wonder if if I wonder like how and what that looks like cuz like does that mean that Austin will be like will also have production companies to to film that's, stuff out there? Right. Or, that's what, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. It's a big booming market for artists, whether you're digital artists, uh, media, I mean, filmmakers, like it's already been a hip type of town. Exactly. You add an influx of extra talent from LA, then you have capitalism do its thing and then people just get better. Right. So nice. it makes the city yeah. better. So, I mean, I would anticipate, I think Tamara and I were talking about this the other day between Nashville and Austin. I think those are going to be our, the two next places that you're going to start seeing artists just explode from. Yeah. And it's cheaper, it's cheap, way cheaper to live in Texas than it is in California. Yeah. Oh, see, that's and my, my buddy and I were just talking about Nashville and starting like a, like a TikTok hype house, but as like 30 year old. So you see all these like young, like way too pretty, like guys and girls, like with their TikTok houses and like just wake up, like, yo, what's up? We made breakfast. And that's like a, <laughs> a million of views. And we're like, bro, we just got to do that. He's like, as gross 30 year olds. <laughs> but so well, like, the, the Christmas ones are the worst. They're like, "Oh, this is our perfect tree," and I'm like, "Shut the fuck yeah. up! I hate this tree." You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate. I hate. Well, the tree. I hate, I hate the person. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna say but, I hate a person. I just hate the tree. I'm gonna put all my energy towards the tree. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I feel that tree's fucked up. You know, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. But yeah, that's yeah. the Nashville, Texas thing really is fascinating to me because when I started, I've always wondered, can you do this with like? without having to live in LA, New York right? and, you know, just kind of not being tied to it fully down. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of interesting. But it gives more options for touring too. So you see New York comics that are kind of like with the pandemic, they shut down, of course, obviously real quick in New York, but they are able to go down the seaboard almost, you know, go down mm-hmm. Nashville, mm-hmm. Florida, Texas. You kind of can hit all the yeah. whole South region, which, I mean, that's a whole different view of what you're getting. So yeah. I, I'm going to be really interested to see once everything opens, I'm going to anticipate tours being more heavy in that area because the crowd is running it. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, um, and to have that level of comics now going exactly. there, like more constantly, like that's, that's just going to step up the scenes in so many ways. So. And it also highlights people in the scene. Like we've had tons of people in the scene in Austin and, and, um, mm-hmm. and, Texas that have been in the scene but just haven't had that right pop. And yeah, you guys sudden, have a great scene. You guys bring up great comics out there. Yeah. So just it's just all that matter of luck, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. What superpower would you want? You know what? Somebody okay on Instagram, somebody DM'd me. They were like an animator. Um, okay, well, sorry, it was and, me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and now you're like, and you never answered it. 
Um, no, <laughs> they, they, but okay, so this is a preface to this is they had like a lot of like very homoerotic art. <laughs> and so I figured like they're going to make the superpower thing that I did <laughs> and kind of like turn it into like a sexual like thing with like my bulge is bigger, which I'm okay with. <laughs> but like the, uh, so I never responded because I'm like, I'm not sure what they're going to create. But um, that's what hey, you do the line sketchy stuff okay okay yeah, yeah that's that was kevin 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 hart again he was just dming <laughs> kevin hart again. Yeah. yeah and later on he's like okay this is kevin hart i'll reveal <laughs> like that, he always starts out with a thing of like that's really generic who is this comcast.net <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't so at that time i was trying to think of superpowers and man i mean time travel right isn't that the Ooh. coolest one i think time travel what do you go to what do you go back or forward and when, where? All of it. Okay, so the, <laughs> if, if I only had one, like you're yeah, only yeah, on yeah. one trip, shit. Man, the future is scary because like you don't know where you're going to end up. Like what if I go to a place where it's like, let's say white supremacy does win in the next coming years, <laughs> right? World War Three, and then white supremacy was like, whoa, like our, we have guns and that helped. And so like <laughs> I'm stereotyping white supremacy, but like, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just the one like, color dude actually that would be good because then i would make it my mission to like like mix all the you know mix my genetics into the pool again and it's like it's like terminator where you're going back to save the world but specifically about like sleeping with people out of america just everybody dude that's gotta be a movie or show like you're the race balancer like of the time of, of space and time it's like uh oh we have a discrepancy in 2036 <laughs> So that's where, that's where that will help. In order to convince pe people to sleep with you, you need to have that uh, the erotic art with you. So <laughs> reply to, reply to those people. That's so to great. Me. Yeah. So now coming back, I'm gonna I'm gonna contact this guy instead of him doing it for me for free. I'm gonna pay him. It's like I need you. <laughs> that's such a yeah. That would I would pay for that comic book series. Oh. Like, this, this is a future. You're gonna save our land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime where it's like, hey, 2050 is too white. It's like, I'm there. <laughs> that would be like the worst makeup line ever in a bar. He's like, hey, yeah. I've been to the future. It's really white. Do you want to change that? Yeah, we need to do this. Trust me. I'm a time traveler. I know it sounds made up. Like I just made it up to have sex with you. But that's not what it's about. It's about humanity. <laughs> Let me know if it works. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to try it on my Tinder profile. I guess it's been all over the place, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is this is gonna take a huge turn from all of that. What was your last non-comedy job? My last non-comedy job was I well, I had three jobs. It was I had two music teaching jobs and and I worked at my mom's dental office. So Oh you did. So you kind of did dabble into it a little bit. I was the phone guy. I would pick up phones. It counts. <laughs> and I was always the every job that I've had, looking back, I was the most fireable. <laughs> it's, i'm not proud of it like, your mom's like oh yeah it's like you're my like literally the only reason i was there is because my mom was my boss you know <laughs> and it's like it's it's so embarrassing because looking back like i was probably a little asshole you know like i didn't realize like these people are trying to like gain my mom's respect and, remember, and i'm thinking of it like mom can i just like go home already you know like i don't want to be here <laughs> like, so okay, looking so back i'm very grateful but, no, i was yeah. That's why. Did you ever do any kind of like weird voices when you answered the phone or? I would try to get laughs on the phone because I was already <laughs> doing stand up and I was just like, I would try to, and 
my job was um, recalls. So recalling people to come in for their appointments. Oh, and I, I was like dental recalls. I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, I know. dental recalls. Yeah, dental recalls. Oh yeah. That veneer's got to go back. Your poison. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that veneer's not working out for us. Can we get back now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so. I would. I felt like my skill of getting people would to get in would to uh, be to try to make them laugh. And usually, if, if I got them to laugh and whatever, like they would usually come in. But most people would be like you know, upset. It, it feels like I'm spamming them to come into the uh, office. So I always tell them I'm going to come in. I just don't show up. Uh, man, <laughs> they miss you. Trust me. They want, they like a full calendar. They want to see you marry. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah you, have good teeth. Oh, you have good teeth. I, I had, I had braces for years. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You're done. yeah. You're done. I get it. You're done. Yeah. Do you I feel like, do you guys feel like you like, I'm interested because this is my whole family's industry. And if I wasn't in it, I, I don't know if I would go sometimes, right? So, like, do you feel like, like, would, how often do you guys go to the dentist? Twice a year. Okay, so, you, so that's what you're supposed you're, to do, right? You're good. No. Yeah, so, okay. Maybe. I'm going to be brutally honest here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open vulnerability here. So, yeah. I, I had my braces on at 18. I got them off at 19. And I was like, good, I'm done. From Never. 19... To 32? Yeah. Because I was that, I'm an OCD person. So flossing, brushing, not, mm-hmm. not not rocket science, just do it. So at 32, I got insurance and I was like, okay, I got to go. My husband's like, dude, we're paying for insurance. You know, you need to go. I yeah. show up and they're like, so I told them the whole story. And they're like, oh, okay, it's going to be bad. And then they start looking. They're like, it's not as bad as we thought. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wow, I was like, is- I didn't need you guys. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's not as bad as you thought, then I don't need you. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's like on the, on the genetics too. Like I have horse teeth, so like my my roots are to my jaw. Like nothing's mm-hmm. coming out. You're good. That's, yeah, that's good. Because a lot of the when I look at the philosophies of dentists, it's they want you to be able to keep your teeth, not have to get yeah. an extraction as long right. as possible. That's like the goal. Each each tooth is a is like a member of the family of your mouth. And um, I basically make things way more complicated than they need to be as explaining <laughs> well, you, things. You made it sound better than the medieval tools that I see when I walk in yeah. there. You made dentistry sound like poetry right now. That's yeah. what you did. <laughs> well, like, because my dad, he had a lot of his teeth taken out at 16. I remember because he would always try to scare us as kids by taking his teeth out. And then and we would go brush our teeth because, like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but that was because they had like some lazy dentist who just he had some something that they didn't need to do extractions, and they extracted a bunch of teeth to so just be like, all right, now you don't have to go to the dentist. Here's some fake teeth, and that's like the opposite of what a good dentist wants to. Do. They want you to like keep your teeth for the rest of your life. So yeah, well, it's also return business, right? Like they'll keep coming. That too. <laughs> take, yeah. Take the that's teeth out. Like, that's why I don't like when. I mean, I understand they have to run kind of like a mechanic, auto body shop. Okay, just come in. But if you don't know why, like for me, I, there's some things where I'm like, why do I need to go do this every year? It's just a waste of money. Yeah. But the de- the dentist one, I think two times a year is good. I think that's good. Just basically to someone to check in and be like, make sure like it hasn't gone <laughs> astray. It's, it's not even that. Yeah. It's been like four years now since I'm, I, I sincerely, and I was like, oh, pandemic. Oh, darn. I can't yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still went during the pandemic. I still you went. Did? Yeah, a lot of people go like at the end of the year, like everyone goes crazy. They go to the right. dentist because yeah. they're like, all right, let me make sure things are good. Or you have like the emergency. Yeah, yeah, exactly that too. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. I have insurance and entitled me two cleanings. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I oh, want the yeah. maximum out of it. Yeah. When you have insurance, you're, yeah, yeah, you're just like, let me do every appointment that I'm allowed to go to right. just to hang no, out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. No, you just don't want to be seen by them? I have perfect insurance. I just refuse to go because what has changed? So the dentist, the medical yeah. world, can have robots doing surgery. Yeah. You walk into a dentist's office and they're still zzz, zzz, zzz. like, really? You couldn't make a quieter drill by now? So like, that's... That depends on the dentist because there's some dentists where it's like very non-invasive. Like they have the futuristic tools where it's like – or it's just fake. They're just putting a light on your tooth. And like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. So I could have done that at home with, with this flashlight. <laughs> but like there is more non-invasive. Yeah, I feel like I'm like a – I'm like being like a dental industries promoter right now. <laughs> but like because – so such a fanboy right now. I grew it's funny, like I, I thought that I hated the dentist and the whole industry because my family was like pressuring me, but like looking back, like I know a lot about that world. <laughs> they would have us go to their conventions as kids all the time. Oh wow. Because they would have them in Hawaii or Las Vegas. So it's like we'll okay. go make a vacation out of it. Yeah. And every year, you know, there's suppliers whose job is it, it is to try to sell something new. And some of it was just a bunch of bullshit items. But now I can see why it's good is like. I, I can go to the dentist like I'm a big pussy. So like <laughs> as a kid, I wouldn't they were just putting sealant on my teeth. It helps you not get cavities and it's like a gel. Right. But it looked like a needle, so I didn't do it. And I got the most cavities out of all my brother. <laughs> and now it's like they have technology that's like very it's not scary, it's not loud, it's not like that stuff. So it's like it does it depends on which dentist you have too. That definitely wow. helps. See, oh I don't God. know why or what's weird with me, but all those noises, the drill noise and everything, that actually puts me to sleep. It's really, it's like a massage for me. It's like very calming. I don't know. I, I actually doze off on the chair. I do every time. What was your, what was your childhood like? Yeah, I, don't know. Very, I don't know. It's a very different childhood, Tampere. I grew up in India. Then uh, I grew up yeah, in India. Yeah. So, yeah. I go back to the Philippines all the time. Not that they're the same, but I kind of have, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, it's just loud. It's bustling. There's like, in the Philippines, there's like. Eight people on one motorcycle. And exactly. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I feel like home. I want to just sleep. It's comforting. Yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah, like you yeah. shouldn't be that busy in the middle of a, of a dentist room. Like you're in a room. Like there shouldn't be people bustling right by you with sharp tools. You know? <laughs> yeah. You That's like exactly it. how I grew up in Mumbai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one last for you. Um, in 2017, you won the comedy talent contest, right? At Stand Up mm -hmm. NBC. Yes. How did you feel? What was the feeling like when you when you won that? Now, I remember leading up to it, I was like, I was dating this girl, um, and the like, I kept saying all these things at the time. I was like, dude, if I get this thing, I'm gonna buy a house. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get married. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be a good. I'm gonna be a better man, you know. Right. And uh, I didn't do any of those things, but <laughs> she did island. What's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got an island, and I had a chef, and my girl, and my guitar. But um, I felt really good. You know, it was. It felt like it was very. You know, this is a, a career, especially in the start. You don't. There's a lot of self doubt, and you don't know if people like believe in what you're doing. It was very like validating to be like, okay, like this was a big, like this is a big accomplishment for me to some. If NBC people think there's something that I have, like that's right. awesome. Right. And um, so that it, it did that for me in a lot of ways. You mentioned in an interview that when you got the call, you were in your car and you kind of had this whole montage thing playing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel like that's like the most epitome, like of every like Rocky movie. Like that's uh, the just imagine yeah. 
see your parents' faces and everybody mm-hmm. that said you couldn't do it. Like, I mean, was that like a really surreal for you to have that whole moment just like run at you? Yeah, because I was working so hard at that time. Like I was I was taking it like a nine to five mm-hmm. um, where I would like get up in the morning and do like emails, all my emails in the morning to try to get booked and then try to like research stuff of like, what do I even need to know? Like how to get an agent and stuff like that. Um, and so when this happened, it kind of was like, it was like a big payoff. It was nice to have it all at once. It's like, Oh, this is great. And, um, and yeah, I was driving to a show, you know, it was just like a show in the middle of like humble or like Wairika or something. And just a random, you know, it was, it was a really cool show. It was fun. Um, but yeah, I just like stopped off on the side of the road and just like had a moment to just like, nice. like, like if I was to cry, it'd be right now. <laughs> like, let, me have, <laughs> let me have this moment. Nice. If I was to cry. Okay. Don't, if don't I, if I did cry, it happened. Yeah, don't, be a lie. Don't, don't be lying. You cried. <laughs> you cried like a baby. Um, so our last question that we ask every guest is when someone Googles you, what do you want your autocomplete to be? Oh, it's like JR and then this. J.R. de Guzman. Wow. Next thing. Man. And it's like a therapy thing. I'm like, J.R. is a good person. <laughs> you know, like, has nothing to do with my career. They're like, so yeah, they're like, is J.R. a good person? And then Google that. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing, too. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, I've been talking about, um, you know, uh, kind of what, what we leave on for, our, for people to know you by. And it, is, it, is it your career or is it that you generally were a good person? Yeah. yeah, no, totally. And this, I mean, right. 2020 has a lot of reflections in it and there's, there's a lot of bad that we always see, but there is some good. And I think that reflection of like, okay, it's not just my career that fulfills me. It's not just how much money it's like, do I respect the choices that I've made in my life and the relationships that I've nurtured? I think that's like a big, a big thing. I'm always like, that gives me my sense of value or when I'm happiest. Well, it definitely seems like this next wave of comedians coming up are going to are definitely more mindful of uh, their mental health in that state of kind of not putting every bit of identity into make it or break it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a big change also for the industry. There's already we're already already depressed. That's why we're yeah. doing this. <laughs> every comics like we joke about. We used to joke about therapy, like go to therapy, get more material. It'll be better, deeper yeah. and more like, you know, be great. <laughs> go to therapy. It's good. Yeah. Well, before we go, talk about your new single. Yeah, so I just put out uh it was originally called The Christmas Song. I did it live, but it's on all platforms. Check it out on Spotify. It's uh The Legendary Christmas Song. And it's basically I did a studio version of a song that like every Christmas people would keep sharing the same live clip. Nice. And uh I made it a little bit sexier. There's bass, there's harmonies. <laughs> and did you record, uh, it, uh, record it in a studio or was this during pandemic time? In a in a home like a home studio like I've made a little home studio during the pandemic. I learned how to use like Logic. Uh, my brother used to be a sound engineer at Sony, and that he helped me a ton with it. Your brother yeah. is a dentist. He's a dentist now. Yeah. He yeah. used to be a sound. <laughs> I know. So all my family did music, and um, but eventually, like I, he was doing sound for like movies at Sony. I don't know if you remember that movie Cabin in the Woods. It was like oh, a yeah. scary, yeah, a scary movie that had a really surprisingly unique plot. You thought it was yeah. going to be right, right. Oh, like, yeah. And uh, he did sound on that, and um, nice. I, uh, just, but I think he's, I think he's really happy with where he's at in dentistry. So it's not like I thought he was a sellout in the beginning. I was like, come on, man, you were my, idol. <laughs> but, you know, well, I maybe dentistry is like the mod. It's just sucking him back in, trying True. to get out. Wow. 
True. Back He's still a really dope musician and producer. It's crazy. Well, that's awesome to be able to do, especially now you can do it. I mean, you have the money from being a dentist to actually get to do more fun stuff with newer toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he's well, he's gonna be rich and successful, so I think he'll be he'll be fine. Yes, everybody should definitely check out the legendary Christmas song. It's on Spotify. And uh, Jr., thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been super, super thrilled to have you on the show. And, you know, Tanvir and I were super yeah. happy that you yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank you guys. This was such a fun podcast. Like, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope big things for you guys. It's great. Hey, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's our show. Well, that is a lot of fun. And uh, all the single ladies out there, um, we know a guy. So if you're interested to be stuck on a deserted island with him, <laughs> he's going to get, he's going to have a chef. So. Or you could be the chef. I don't know. He wasn't so keen about that. I want to make that decision for him. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that was a fun show. I'm super excited to go uh, download his song on Spotify and definitely make that my ringtone because it is hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. All right, everybody, as usual, please like and subscribe. And if you really, really enjoyed it, please uh, send it to your friends, family, and enemies. Until next time, I'm Mary Picarazzi. And 10 Aurora.